Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum. We're both from Marketing Guys, a MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. Today, we have Jorge Labadi. He's a fellow Dutchman and he's the CEO and owner of 37 Celsius, which is a branding agency based out of Amsterdam. A warm welcome, uh, Jorge. Good morning, Elias. Uh, pleased to be here. Great, so, great to have you. Thank you. So um, you already wanted to take a shot there. Uh, so uh, please introduce yourself, Jorge. Yes, good morning, listeners. Uh, so my name is Jorge Labadi and uh, I run a brand consultancy named uh, 37 degrees Celsius. Um, we enable our uh, customers to create value that is meant to last. Um, by doing so, we cooperate with uh, our clients, we uh, kind of educate them so that when we have left the building, they can continue creating value uh, by means of branding practice. Um, we work mostly for uh, SMEs, uh, every now and then for corporates. Uh, we work for uh, uh, quite a few universities, uh, amongst uh, others, uh, Delft University of Technology. And that also brings us uh, in the field of uh, startup branding. Um, obviously, startups uh, are uh, yeah, a trend uh, here to stay, but they, um, yeah, they lack kind of branding knowledge, resources, um, etc., time, uh, money to invest. And therefore, we've created an uh, online platform so that startups can uh, start uh, creating value themselves uh, with the aid of this online branding tool. Great, great. And you're based out of the center of Amsterdam. You just sent me some pictures last Friday when I was uh, texting you of, of you skating uh, on the canals of, of Amsterdam. So you you're, and your agency is, let's say, right in the city center of Amsterdam, right? That's, that's, that's correct. So that's one of the things that uh, make me feel a fortunate man. Um, uh, it doesn't happen every, uh, all too often uh, nowadays, but uh, yeah, to skate right away from your backyard uh, that's really cool. And um, in the old times, uh, it was also possible to skate from my home towards the center. But uh, yeah, we don't have too cold winters uh, anymore. But this was really a pleasure. Great, great. I, I really loved your picture that you sent me. And today, we're going to talk about how to create fans that love you. So we're going to talk branding. And when talking branding, I was thinking, I need to have Jorge on the on the podcast. So um, is there is there even something like brand love what is brand love Jorge? that's a really good really good question um uh, a lot of companies strive to create a relationship uh, a lasting enduring relationship with uh, with the customers and um, then obviously also from the academic side uh, we started to study uh, the relationship between brands and people and actually, um, uh, when you talk uh, uh, about this concept of uh, loving a brand, it's like, how, how is that possible? How can you even compare brands to, uh, to people? But if you study it uh, a bit more in depth, then it appears that, uh, for example, the role that brands play in our brain uh, are very likely or very similar to the patterns that, we, uh, that show uh, brand, brain activity uh, when people engage in, in uh, let's say, in, in, uh, in love with each other. And it was very interesting. There was uh, one research showed that uh, when a Jaguar owner uh, was shown pictures uh, or videos uh, in, a, in a scanner, so in a brain scanner, an FMRI mm -hmm. scanner, um, it appears that the, the, the patterns in the part of the brain that elicit uh, uh, love uh, were quite similar for uh, his Jaguar compared to his wife. 
so it's kind of scary that we that we are able to build relationships with uh, brands and that's uh, kind of the start also for academics uh, to start um, uh, researching and uh, finding these kind of patterns so yes it, it does exist wow wow so are you saying that um Basically, Jaguar represents uh, a female brand. Then is that is that something <laughs> I might conclude here? <laughs> that's uh, that's interesting because uh, no, actually, actually, it doesn't. Um, uh, so uh, it doesn't uh, separate in, in in terms of gender. Um, uh, so that was not part of the research. So I cannot tell uh, uh, um, you know by fact. Uh, but it, it's unlikely that uh, that's a, it has a female connotation. It's just the relationship that matters, and that kind of represents uh, love. Um, wow! So, so um, it's it's an intriguing science, the whole branding to me, because um, I'm usually in 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 very measurable stuff like lead gen and and, and online marketing, etc. When you're talking branding, you know we all know these brands that 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 people love. Uh, talking cars, you know, uh, people love brands like Tesla, Jaguar, etc. Um, mm-hmm. Same within other consumer brands, also B two B, some B two B brands. Um, what do those brands do different than brands that are not loved that much? So let's say. You know, maybe I'm 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 uh, not making the right comparison here. But what does Tesla do different than, let's say, Kia? Yeah, very interesting. So, uh, if anyone uh, any one of the listeners could tell me what is the story behind Kia, uh, you know, I would applaud. Uh, probably uh, a very few people will know the story behind Kia. However, if I just asked an average person on the street, what's the story behind Tesla? They will talk about this crazy guy Elon Musk and and how he's changing the world and do crazy stuff. Um, uh, you know, having this this podcast with uh, Joe Rogan, uh, talking for two and a half hours about philosophizing uh, about life and how the future is going to be different, how we're going to be overtaken by uh, uh, human robots, etc. So this is such an inspiring guy with a fantastic story, and that story is easy to be told and uh, it's controversial for uh, for sure. And because it's controversial, people talk about it. So there's a lot of word of mouth uh, uh, when it comes to Tesla. Tesla is in the news all the time. And I'm not sure whether you're familiar with uh, our concept of the brand growth, that we roast brands and uh, we are very, take a very critical but humoristic view on uh, what the brand is doing. Uh, Tesla said we are so much in the news um, that it would be very critical. Um, people take the news and they turn it their own way. So uh, we rather not participate. And that gives kind of an idea, like if, if maybe uh, there's no reason to ask Kia, but if we would ask Kia, probably they would be happy uh, with the publicity. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a brand story, I think is one of the core uh, um, antecedents. So one of the core drivers of creating love towards a brand. And that okay. accounts for Richard Branson for the Virgin Company. It accounts for uh, Steve Jobs, what he's done for Apple. Uh, it uh, it accounts for Bill Gates, what he's done for Microsoft. So these are all remarkable people who create a brand story that people uh, aspire to, love, or criticize. So that is the start of creating brand love, probably. So what you're saying here and the examples you're giving is very much related to the founder or chief executive officer of the company, right? So Bill Gates, uh, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, etc. But there is plenty of brands that don't have these very famous 
owners or founders that still have that brand love. So I'm just thinking about companies like Starbucks. You know, I wouldn't know who founded Starbucks, but still it has a huge, let's say, um, uh, amount of people that are fans of Starbucks. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's tons of other brands. Uh, I wouldn't know the founder of Jaguar or the exactly the brand story of Rolls Royce, for example. Mm-hmm. But um, what other elements are important in building those brands apart from, let's say, having a story as as an owner? Yeah, so so the CEO can be a very strong driver of, of brand equity and also this this uh, concept of brand love. Uh, obviously, the story itself or the, uh, the user experience, uh, like with the Starbucks, uh, it's uh, the whole experience. So they don't sell coffee, they sell an experience. They don't sell a product, uh, they sell uh, an environment where you can relate and socialize. Um, so it's a much broader concept than just a service or a product. And they have this, uh, these things, and that might, might relate to your uh, line of business, Elias. They have this proximity, right? It's like, um, uh, uh, for example, uh, writing uh, the, uh, your first name on, on, on the cup as in a way that I, I've acknowledged you as a customer, and not only that, but I'm trying to relate to you. I'm trying to build a personal relationship. And uh, when we discussed your uh, during your masterclass, you explained about how you can use proximity and, for example, location-based marketing in order to get closer to the consumer, that is an attempt, and that's a technological uh, finding, but it's an attempt to get closer to the customer. So the customer will think, uh, and um, it will be easier for the customer to familiarize, and familiarity, so being close to the brand, is one of the, uh, that, that's where whole brand building starts. I have to, we always talk about brand awareness. It's not about the awareness only, it's about familiarizing, so getting closer and can, feeling kind of connected to, to the brand. And that's what all those brands do. They, they create a kind of story. The CEO can be part of it. The content uh, can a driver for creating a story. So mm-hmm. there's multiple drivers for creating a story uh, to get closer to the customer and make the customer um, feel close to the, uh, so actually feel part of a kind of community. Let's, let's elaborate a little on that Tesla example because I'm fully with you there. Um, I, I, I know a lot of people that drive Teslas just for the audience in, in, in the Netherlands, you know, every street has a couple of Teslas. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, so because of uh, fiscal reasons, uh, uh, they were, they were stimulated by, by the government last year and the year before, mm-hmm. um, similar to what happened in the U S. Um, so we, we, I, I personally know a lot of Tesla drivers. They bought into that story. There were kind of seduced into that story. I would, would almost say, yeah. Um, but what always strikes me is that if you talk to a Tesla owner, there's nothing they you can tell about Tesla that is wrong about the brand. You know, if if mm-hmm. you if you talk about <laughs> yeah. you know what what range does the car have, how is it, what does it look, you know, that you don't that it might look a little, let's say, Japanese. That the that the let's say the the quality of the car is not uh, as German as a, a, a BMW or Audi or whatsoever. You cannot say anything yeah. about it without yeah. them, uh, let's say, getting almost like furious about you know yeah. you you playing down Tesla. They are. Yeah big fans of that brand have you seen that as well yeah so there's no there's no rational argument uh, to defend it so if you just take a functional look at it um, and and this is what uh, this is what sense of community means and uh, if we look into uh, um, you know the model of Keller uh, he, he talks about brand resonance so relating to the uh, to the brand 
And part of that, um, it, it exists of two components. It's the uh, attachment, so the uh, strength of the relationship and its activity. So the way that um, people behave with the brand, uh, so behavior loyalty and also active engagement. And as soon as you start criticizing, sizing this kind of sense of community, so they start defending uh, the Tesla uh, brand, where it, 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 there is no reason uh, for it, right? And it's, it means that they're part of this community, and there's a few markers of this community. It's the rituals and traditions that they share amongst each other, um, and it's uh, the sense of uh, sense of uh, belonging. So you belong to a certain group, but also this is what they call moral responsibility. They feel obliged to help each other, but also to defend to defend uh, the brand against attacks. Um, so there's Tesla lovers and Tesla haters. There's no rationale behind it, and that's what I think. That's the, the best predictor of uh, saying, well, there must be something like love because it's not rational. And that's it's quite similar what you see there. You know, the, the that that defending the brand. I've seen that with uh, Apple users. I've seen that with people that. Uh, drink Starbucks coffee. You know, my kids, yeah. they're teens, you know, they drink Starbucks coffee. They want me to buy Starbucks beans even for, for to use at home, et cetera. And it, it, as you're saying, there's no rational because it's, it's not like it's better coffee or something. But, you know, if I tell them that, they almost get angry at me. That, <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is better coffee and it's better for the environment yeah. and et cetera. And all, all, yeah. all that kind of stuff they're trying to... Is that something you think is created by the brands or is that something that came, let's say, in was, were they just lucky to create something like that? Yeah, so I think it's uh, it's uh, both ways. I think, um, uh, let's take the Apple example. Um, I'm uh, Apple-oid uh, for, for more than 10 years. Um, I've only had iPhone so far and it's becoming more and more the brand that I, I hate to love. Um, you know, I, I bought myself a kind of an image. Uh, I, I cannot really rationally defend why I'm buying, uh, you know, a laptop um, worth 2,000 euros or it's not worth, I pay 2,000 euros. It's, it's maybe worth like half of it uh, at, at max. But, but still, mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I, I can't drop the brand because then I'm unloyal to the brand that has uh, uh, given kind of an image, right? Um, I'm still hip and happening um at my age and um so you still are Jorge. you still are <laughs> so it does something to you that you uh, uh defend it beyond any reason and um uh, it's also kind of a phenomenon that uh, we call oppositional brand love because uh, the apple uh, the apple they love their brand but they hate microsoft for its richness and vice versa eh? some some microsoft lovers really would hate apple for its superficialness or you know where's the innovation now it's maybe 10 years ago that it was a last really true uh, 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 groundbreaking innovation with the apple company so it, it is beyond a reason and um, uh, so where we love brands we can also uh, hate them and there's kind of, a, yeah, we take a stance by, uh, as an Apple for example, that we need to uh, bash the Microsoft brand and vice versa. Yeah. So, and I can, I, I didn't think about it that way, that you're, let's say, when you're abandoning a brand that, that might hurt your image, so to say. Um, but, you know, with an Apple, that that's something that's that's visible to some people. But with mm -hmm. a car, that's even more visible. Your neighbors can see that you, let's say, basically dropped the brand Maybe you uh, fell off uh, that whole love story that you had with that brand, and 
um, you need to defend that to your neighbors if you're not having a Tesla anymore. So that's, and I've never exactly. thought about it that way, but that's, that's why people, you know, I, I, I when I was, I think I was like 22 or 23 when I bought my first new BMW, mm-hmm. I was talking to the sales guy in that, uh, in that dealership. And I, I, I drove in there with a, with like a cheap Fiat. And he saw that, right? So he he saw that. And I did that with other brands, you know, with other uh, like Audi, et cetera. Um, They saw that and they treated me like I was a Fiat driver. Whereas Mm the BMW sales guy was basically treating me like a BMW driver. So I asked him, I came in there. He said, would you like a a fresh espresso? Uh, What kind of car are you looking for? And I asked him and I got like friendly with him, et cetera. And I asked him, how is that something you trained for? He said, yeah, we we know that people buy into the brand at a young age, that -hmm. you're buying a cheap BMW or a relatively cheap one now, but that Mm -hmm. you're probably going to end up having a seven series when you're 50. So we're we're trying to hook you up for that brand. And that's something they do on, on purpose as well. So I, I can fully see that that brand love with which BMW also has uh, still exists. So I, f- I, I kind of had to defend myself. I felt, I feel exactly what you mean there. When I bought an Audi yeah. last year, I had to explain to people, they said, they, they really came to me and said, yeah, you have always driven a BMW and why do you drive an Audi now, et cetera. Um, yeah. And Audi fully acknowledged that. So they, they also uh, tried to pamper me a lot and said, yeah, we finally got someone. But, you know, to be honest, BMW just doesn't have uh, an Electra uh, EV yet. So uh, mm-hmm, I bought mm-hmm. that uh, Audi EV. But probably when uh, BMW comes out with a proper EV, I might trade the Audi in for a BMW again. Um, that's, that's how far love goes, Jorge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's uh, what we also call like necktie products. And, um, uh, you know, they, they, sh- they show, they say something about you. Um, so what you're buying there is actually kind of the expressive benefit and with the Tesla um, uh, buyers, uh, they they were, uh, bought some uh, sensibility because they they pay like half of the price because of the tax uh, deductions. Mm-hmm. Um, they can uh, claim that they're environmental friendly uh, because the car has zero emissions. Mm-hmm. Um, they can also say that they uh, drive a very snappy car, and they can say that they're very innovative. So these are all expressive benefits. Um, that you at know, the cheap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the cheap and, yeah. and but so if someone would say um, i'm i'm exchanging my tesla for an audi e-tron then from a functional perspective there will be an upgrade from an mm-hmm. image perspective it would probably be a downgrade for most people because of this expressive benefit and um yeah that that's the interesting uh, part of uh, of branding sometimes it seems hard to grasp although it is possible to to measure it and so you can you can measure the level of um uh, not so not so much the brand love, but the uh, customer brand relationship. So you can mm-hmm. measure how strong is the relationship, and that's what the, in your example BMW is building on. They are starting a relationship when you come in at the first time, and they think, okay, if we can get them into a relatively cheap model three series point uh, one uh, eight uh, uh, motor, um, that's fine with us. You know, we'll make the money along the way because we have a fo- uh, we have a vision of lifetime value. And it's also when we advise our customers not going for the uh, short sale uh, sale only, it's thinking about this lifetime value. And then it is rewarding to build a brand because investing in a brand does, uh, it does take an investment to build a strong brand. But if you think of it like your BMW dealer, he thinks he's investing in a relationship with you and you'll feel that kind of relationship because you feel rewarded. 
you feel that you're important to them. Uh, you feel that your sale with them matters. And that will make you feel good. And that is what we call the emotional benefit of buying something. So you've mm -hmm. got the functional benefits. That's what is the car doing for me? The emotional uh, value would be I'm feeling rewarded. And maybe expressive benefit is I'm driving a very, uh, you know, a great car. Um, I think that BMW is stating uh, the ultimate driving machine, right? Cool. So you're on top of the game. Yep, absolutely. So before we dive a little more into that measurement, um, one point I, I would like to discuss is um, how this relates to B2B brands, because we have given a lot of B2C examples, Apple, mm -hmm. uh, Tesla, you know, other car brands. Is there something like brand love in B2B as well? Yeah, definitely. And I think even more so, although we would never call it that way, because it's, it, it seems too, um, too fluffy, right? It, it doesn't seem like hard measurements. And if it's in B2B, it's about, uh, it's about sales and blah, blah, blah. But um, in the end of the game, even more in this, the business brand love is important because um, you have not too many customers. So it's uh, even more wise to invest in the relationship with your customer. So if you look at building brand equity from a business to business perspective, um, on uh, the second level, normally in business to consumer, we talk about brand image. With business to business, we talk about brand reputation. And uh, to move up from brand reputation to sustained customer relationships, there is your sales force, there's your account managers, there is your relationship management. So it's even more crucially important um, in business to business to build brand love. And to give an example, uh, one of the companies that we work for is uh, so mentioned. It's a social media uh, enterprise and they uh, host like 40 uh, employees. So it's a fairly big uh, uh, social media company. And we we're talking about their relationship uh, with their customers. And actually we came to, uh, to two dimensions that are important. The customer uh, has, a, uh, has a brand story or not. So actually coming back to the, uh, the first driver of creating brand love. So they do have a strong uh, story or not. Uh, if they don't have a story, you need to build it. So then social media is all about uh, building content and uh, content marketing. If they already do have a, a brand story, it's about serving that uh, uh, story, getting the message out to as many um, uh, targets as possible. And the second is um, uh, whether they wanted to be helped with building their capability. Um, if, if that involvement was very low, then we'd say, and the brand story was weak, then we'd say, well, drop the client because you're investing in a client that will not uh, create fans. Um, mm -hmm. So if the willingness to uh, be helped uh, was high um, and either it was a brand story or not, uh, they would start creating a fence for their uh, customers. So the, mm -hmm. the business to business customer, uh, in the end of the day, uh, they said, we are um, a social media company and what we do is create fans for our customers. Great. So and that's that's a great example. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, 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 no, go ahead. You, you, you're you're not finished. I hear. I hear. <laughs> you, you want to tell me something more here? Well, it's because uh, um, you you are completely right. We always talk about uh, business to consumer examples because most people can relate to it. Those brands are most of the time familiar. But obviously, the audience uh, and, and reality is that most uh, of the value is being created in business to business. So it is an important question. Um, but uh, so get, to get back to my first point, I think creating relationships um, are uh, uh, crucially important for business to business. Mm -hmm. uh, more rewarding, even so, because it's uh, you have this, uh, well, normally under normal conditions, you have physical contact. Um, and it is, uh, it is the way to create value to the company. 
but we will not talk about love because that's kind of gay uh, or or too fluffy. Too fluffy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So um, let's continue a little on on that um, because you already started talking about how to measure uh, stuff in branding. You you were talking about customer lifetime value. Um, what what customer? It, so so what's what's your customer worth during its entire? Um, let's say, uh, live with you as a brand. What other stuff do you measure in branding? How yeah, do you so, measure for success? Yeah, so um, what we, there's, there's, difficult, there's different, uh, uh, obviously different models that we use. Uh, one of them is that we, um, as said, that we look into the intensity of the relationship and you can measure that and also the activity. So the actual behavior. Um, uh, when it comes to activity, uh, you uh, look into low involvement with uh, uh, with the customer uh, from the customer to your company uh, versus high involvement. And when it comes to activity, it's like um, uh, it's a switching behavior. So do they switch between alternatives? So every now and then, your uh, your company is lucky to have them as a client. Then they move to some to an alternative, or mm-hmm. is there uh, is it a matter of uh, repeat purchase? And obviously, um, uh, these are only two dimensions. I'm sure, Elias, with your uh, marketing technology, you have many, many variables or many measures to kind of create this kind of basic uh, um, dimensions of activity versus intensity. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I, I, I really love you know that that stuff that that, that is measurable. So uh, because, you know, that's in the end always, uh, uh, some, let's say, a question that is going to be asked on C-level. Uh, branding yeah. is, you know, creating that story, creating those assets, you know, creating that whole image costs money, you know, costs a lot of money. And in the end, uh, it needs to bring you something because you're, you're a business. So it needs to be measurable and it is measurable. Um, the final thing that I would like to know, because this has been so interesting to me, Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, the stuff about branding, you know, we don't talk about branding, you know, every day. So for me, it's, it's a very interesting topic to to hear what you're saying about it. Um, the last thing that I would like to know and that we usually share with our listeners, is there some, let's say, technology tools that you would advise people can use maybe in building that brand story or measuring the branding? Or is there any, is there like a tool set that you could recommend people to start using? Yeah, that's, uh, um, there's uh, there's not too much uh, um, stuff automated in this uh, sense, but there are some there are some publications uh, that, for example, uh, in more traditional way, uh, measure the, the customer relation, uh, um, the, the customer brand relationship, um, and um, there's some articles that I that I could share uh, later on. Um, um, for example, there's an article about brand love of Farley. Um, but I'm not sure whether your audience is in, in, in the reading business. So in that sense, <laughs> that separates us also, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Elias. You're so accustomed to, uh, to yeah, actually to make a tool of um, uh, or an app or um, some kind of technology or software uh, in order to, uh, to base this on. What I, what I think uh, will be uh, the easiest way is to integrate it. So not to start a completely new system, uh, but you have this, this uh, whole system of lead generation um, and uh, and your marketing technology tools, say uh, your HubSpot and and uh, uh, Marketo, uh, these kind of tools. Uh, I think it will be wisest to integrate it, so that is um, that you don't need to convince uh, C level. Uh, we're going to do something completely new. Now we're just adding another dimension. So and and this dimension is the, the customer brand relationship. 
and there are measures for for that. So so checklists, for example, um, as I said, more in a uh, traditional way of sending out questionnaires. But obviously, you could also use those in a sales sales call when you talk to your clients and uh, get this data um, uh, in 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 this way. Great stuff, Jorge. So. Um... Thank you very much for sharing all those insights on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Again, um, Jorge Labadie, he's the owner, managing uh, director at 37 Celsius. I will put your details, so your LinkedIn profile, your website in the show notes. Um, is there uh, a way that you would prefer the audience to contact you if they have any questions on branding? Um, yeah, they could uh, either send me an email at uh, jorge at 37celsius.nl or they could just uh, link me up uh, on LinkedIn and then uh, I'll respond uh, quickly. Great, great. So thank you very much, Jorge, Jorge Labadie, um, for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.